you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I hold on to some negative feelings, it really starts to impact my day to day. Mm. I get a little snippy and short with the people in my life. Things start to really feel overwhelming. And look, it's just generally not great for me or for the people that I am interacting with. And I do find that my time in therapy is a real safe space to get those things off my chest and figure out how to work on and work through things that are weighing on me Mm. or maybe weighing on you. For example, like I have actually really been working on mindfulness in therapy. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's the work, right? Like just learning about kind of like really creating a breathing practice and paying attention to my physical body and my feelings Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. If you're thinking about trying therapy, try BetterHelp. It's convenient and accessible anywhere because it is 100% online. All it takes to get started is filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Forever35 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Forever35. Hello. 
Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Hello. And I believe we're going to be talking about a serum today. I mean, it's technically a serum hybrid, Dory. Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. And when we talk about it, we will be sure to link to it on our website, as we do with all the products we mention. Um, and also, please do check out our other podcast, Here For You, which is daily, as long as the pandemic is going on. And our other podcast that we produce, Gee Thanks Just Bought It. And we do have a voicemail, which is 781-591-0390. You can leave us messages there. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. Look at you just knocking it all out. I like it. Yeah. Get that business out of the way. So Get that it out. I may do my beauty haul. <laughs> um, Kate, I'm excited. Oh, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> I went on the Glossier website. Mm-hmm. Look, this is a this is a definitely a pandemic panic purchase. Have you had one of those yet? Um, well, I mean, I did buy all those candles. Oh, that's right. Like you, I, you know, I, I mentioned that on here for you. I don't think I mentioned that on Forever 35. That's right. Yes. You had a little bit of a candle purchase. I did. <laughs> you know, again, I'm trying not to spend money. And then I have found that when I am very stressed on occasion, I will soothe by shopping. I know I'm not the only one who does this, right? No, no, no not at all. Dory, late at night. Sometimes I tend to scroll the internet looking for things I want to buy. And then on occasion, I buy them. Okay, great. And it is a way of managing stress. I know. Yeah. Uh, it's not a great way of doing it, but it is a thing I've done. So I'm just going to be honest about that. And here we are. I'm holding five new makeup products in my hand. Okay. What are they? Okay. So I did ask you if I may do a Glossier haul as if I were a 2015 beauty vlogger. <laughs> Um, and so here we go. Okay, so I I just want to say that I am I'm always very sucked into Glossier's website. There are a few mm-hmm. purchases that excuse me, there are a few items that Glossier sells that are repeat purchases for me. For example, I wear their perfume on a regular basis and I use Boy Brow, which I love. Mm-hmm. Those are probably my top two Glossier products. So I was I had to re up and then I was like, well, why don't I just why don't I just dip a toe into some other areas? So the first thing I bought is their new Future Dew Oil Serum Hybrid. Okay. I'm still not sure I understand this product. It's $24. Okay. It is, it's what you're supposed to use as the last step of your skincare routine. So for me, I would assume that means after my sunscreen. I don't know. Oh, a conf- interesting. little confused about that. And it, it kind of gives you like a very dewy glow. It is what it says it is. It, I, I was reading about it and I read that they, the intention of this product was to bottle, quote, Glossier skin, which is like <laughs> very dewy. Well, you sent me a photo this past weekend, you were you were intending to just show off your cat eye, but I was like, Kate, your skin looks amazing. And you said it's future due. And you were like, what's that? And I, yeah, was, like, I was like, welcome I to the future. 
of dew. Yeah, I, I liked it. I was wearing it without any other products on top of it. So I was mm-hmm. using it kind of like a, a BB cream. And I'm wondering if I might want to like beef it up, a, if, if it might kind of work better, quote unquote, with a little bit more coverage. So mm, I see. I have been playing with makeup at home because, you know, why not? It's not like if I mess it up, anyone has to see it except my family. So I might play around with that a little bit. But so far, I'm intrigued by this. Okay. $24. Great. Okay. Next up, um, I bought a bunch of eye products. I bought two um, colors. I bought something called Skywash in the color Pebble that is matte with a little twist. And it it comes in like a nice little brush, like a flat brush. which I actually use to apply and then use my hand and it's very or my fingers it's very nice very subtle and then I'm also using Lidstar which is like a shiny eye color and I also liked that they're very pretty oh I'm looking at Skywash right now it's cool interesting yes it's very matte it's they're both very light but i actually paired them together and that was very pretty and those are each 18 dollars. and which color did you get i got the skywash i got in pebble and in lid star i got slip which is kind of like a rose gold okay not a rose gold like a a pink a pink shimmer a pink shimmer got it okay then I got something called Brow Flick to go with my boy brow. It is like a, a liquid brow pencil Ooh. to kind of just like give little dots of, you know, like fill in the little spots. Yeah. I like it. I don't know if I love it. Okay. I'm going to keep playing with it. Jury's um, still out. Jury's still out. It's $18. And I what I'm thinking is I might prefer a more traditional pencil. Yeah. Like I, I kind of keep applying this and I'm like, is is anything happening? I can't tell. But it's, it's very subtle. I mean, that was where I kind of landed at the end of the day. Wait, did, have you tried brow flick? No, no. Just that like, I think I prefer a pencil. I see. I see. Yeah. I like the like steadiness of the pencil. Hmm. I also think the pencil, I think pencils last longer. Well, that is my one kind of overall issue with Glossier is that I'm not sure these products are so kind of light and sheer that I'm not sure they last very long. Yeah. Um, that ulti- I think that also ultimately became my issue with cloud paint, which I loved. Yeah. I, like cloud I felt paint like too. it faded after like half a day. I might need to try all this stuff with a with some primer. Although I think oh. this future do is maybe supposed to prime a little bit, but um, like a primer that really like holds the stuff on your face. Mm-hmm. Okay, this brings me to though, pro tip: their sixteen dollar eyeliner tool. Okay. Now I have mentioned, I think, on this here podcast before that I would like to learn how to do a cat eye. Yes, and. I did some sort of eye with this eyeliner. <laughs> I don't know if it's a cat eye, but I, I even just I just put a heavy line on with it, and I really yeah. liked it. It was really easy to use, and it didn't come on like you know how sometimes you use a liquid liner and it's like 
thick and tons of it are like all of a sudden your whole eye is just covered in it and like i didn't Mm -hmm. this was very easy to handle and it comes it starts very light if you need it to need it to be so i have to say i liked this tool yeah 16 bucks okay 16 bucks now when i emerged in this face of makeup like i ran into my husband first and he was like whoa why do you have so much why do you have so much makeup on I don't know what he thought it was going on. I was just like, I just, it was just fun. Like this is, I do not wear makeup oft on the regular in my home. So, or with my family. So they were, yeah. then, then I saw my kids and they were like, why do you have so much makeup on? <laughs> what is it? Like, well, I'm just, I'm just playing around with makeup. It's kind of fun to experiment with. And they were just all like, whoa, you know, they just, they were very confused. But anyway, it, it's, it is kind of, um, it's kind of fun to just like fuck around with makeup. And I'm also kind of learn how to really braid my hair well. And I liked like it was interesting. It made me feel very made up the heavy eyeliner and the cat eye. Like it feels so bold and so visible that. Right. But I have friends who feel naked without it. So it's kind of interesting to experiment with and also experiment with not just learning how to do it, but see how it makes me feel. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I, 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 I was just looking at the, the product page on Glossier.com for, mm-hmm. for this product. Mm-hmm. May I read one of the reviews? Oh, yes. I'm dying to hear this. So the headline is, lasted me through a dot, 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 rough night. I never write product reviews, but I have to do one for this. After a night at my boyfriend's holiday party that involved me sweating, laughing, crying, throwing up, etc. I like that throwing up is just part of like... <laughs> throwing up, etc. <laughs> I woke up to discover my worst nightmare. I was in no state to take off my makeup the night before. When I went to the bathroom to see the beast before me, my pro tip eyeliner was perfectly intact, looking like I had just done it. The one thing I do not regret from that night is putting on this eyeliner. Thank you. Wow. That is... uh... I mean, that is an endorsement. (laughs) Sweating, throwing up... (laughs) Sleeping. Laughing. <laughs> La- laughing. <laughs> you know, I don't like, I do, Glossy is such an interesting brand to me because the price point is kind of great. It's like more, kind of more expensive than your typical drugstore buy, but less expensive than your typical like department store buy. Yeah. I, I don't know, it's just an intriguing brand to me. I, and I, and I do like, a lot of um i do like a lot of their products i mean i will say i have purchased like five containers of boy brow yeah wait what shade do you buy because i might be able to give you some i use the middle shade so not the black like the brown yeah i think i can i think i have some i can give you yeah i'll take it because i buy two at a time because rarely Mm -hmm. does glossier go on sale exactly that's what i was doing and then i stopped using it well i will take whatever you have rejected anyway that's what's new with me, Dory. Just makeup in uh, self-isolating. I'm into it. Very into it. You did something exciting recently. I did. I took an online baking class. Um, take us on this. Take us on this journey. <laughs> so, okay. Let me first tell you how I found out about this online baking class. Every month in the Forever 35 Facebook group, there is a post called Forever Hustling. And it's supposed to be where members of the group can be self-promotional. So people post like their Etsy stores and their 
coaching businesses. And, you know, it's just, it's just a bunch of things. I love this post. I read it every month. I read every comment. <laughs> I go to people's Etsy stores. I look on people's Instagrams. I just like love that our listeners do so many cool things. So this, I think it was, it must have been last month. Someone, a listener commented and she said, I usually, um, I usually host baking classes at my home in Versailles in France. But since the pandemic, I've been doing online baking classes. And here you can check out my like website, my Instagram. And I was like, hello, <laughs> what? So I checked out her Instagram. It was beautiful. And she announced that she was going to be doing a new online baking class starting this past Saturday. And it's two sessions. There's another one she does, she does the second session on May 2nd. Um, and it was so cool. She did it. So you once you sign up for the class, the class was 25 euros, which was about $27. And she sends you like a recipe and a shopping list in advance. You don't have to buy all the stuff. And, it's, and most of it was pretty straightforward. It was like flour, sugar, eggs, milk kind of stuff. Um and you join a private Facebook group just for that class. And then the class is a Facebook Live in the group. So, wow, that's cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And she actually like messed up the time. She meant for it to be at 7 p.m. Paris time. But she had calculated the American times wrong. So it ended up being at 8 p.m. Paris time, which is actually really cool because that's when all the Parisians and French people do their clap. Oh, wow. For the healthcare workers. So the, so the class started and she showed us the clap and it was really nice. Oh my so, gosh, this is so lovely. It was so lovely. And she lives in this like, she's American. She lives in this gorgeous apartment in Versailles with her French partner, <laughs> Francois, who was like sh filming it. <laughs> she has a cute little dog named Peanut. It was just super charming. And the first class, we learned how to make cream puffs. So we learned how to make vanilla pastry cream and patashu, which if anyone watches Great British Bake Off, you know that patashu shows up a lot. <laughs> um, so it was really cool because I feel like baking... I, I'm like, I would characterize myself as like a beginner baker. Like I've never done anything more complicated than like a carrot cake. And I feel like a lot of times when I'm reading instructions in a baking recipe, they assume this level of familiarity and knowledge that I just don't know. Like when they say like cream butter and sugar together. Okay. But like, how long am I supposed to cream that for? Like, is it 30 seconds or is it five minutes or, you know what I mean? Like you just don't, Oh yeah. I just, oh, yes. I feel like I just don't know. And the thing with baking is, you know, people are always like, don't overwork the dough. And I'm like, I don't know what that, like, I don't know when, a, when dough is overworked, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> so it was very cool because she went through both of these recipes and you really saw each step and you could ask questions because there's a chat function in Facebook Live. So Francois would <laughs> see the questions and then he would ask Molly as she was doing them. Um, so I don't even think I said her name. Her name is Molly J. Wilk and her website is mollyjwilk.com and she's on Instagram at Molly J. Wilk. And 
I just had a great time. And is this a is this a series of classes that you're doing, or was it just a one off? It's a two session class. So the first one was this past weekend, and then the second one will be in like two weeks. But she has a live check in on Wednesday where like oh we're gosh. supposed to now go back and make the things that she taught us to make. I have not yet done it. I was going to do it last night and then I just had too much to do. Um, but maybe I'll do it today. And people have been posting their finished products in the Facebook group because she also showed us that with the patashu, with the leftover patashu, you can make gougeres, which are so yummy. And so What's people a have been. It's like a cheese, like a cheese puff. Oh my gosh. It's, they're delicious. Um, so yeah, it was, it was like very cool. I'm going to have to do piping, which I've never done. Wow. Um, I know. It's like, it was really, it was really lovely and she's delightful. So she's going to be doing another session. She said on, she said lemon tarts is going to definitely be one of the, items so I'm, i don't know i might sign up for that one too i mean i am now following molly on instagram and just am charmed out of my pants she is super charming she she really needs to like i don't know she's she needs a youtube channel is what i'm saying mm. <laughs> i would watch like pastry puff asmr of just like right sounds of the cream being put in okay sorry now i sound <laughs> wild here I think that is so cool, Dory. I love that you did that. I think that is just a really, like, one, what a great distraction from everything that's going on. Yes. Two, like, you learn something new. You supported a person working in another... Co- like, I just, just, yeah. it's cool. It was you very rock- cool. I feel like I actually learned a lot. And I don't know. If I ever leave the country again, maybe I'll do her baking class in Versailles. I am listening to... um an Italian podcast of these two hus- American husbands who have a villa in Italy. So I feel like um, we should just do a like a pandemic, international pandemic content Ooh, episode. Oh, yeah. I love that. Because that's my big plan is like once this is over to go go to this these husbands, these, excuse me, go to the, these guys' um, villa. Yeah. And, and then just, we can also visit they, the villa, the castle of the people who wrote in to hear for you. <gasps> Yes. <laughs> People, if anyone didn't hear this, a, a couple, there's a couple that owns this castle in Tuscany where they usually host weddings that have all been canceled now, of course, but it looks amazing. Yeah. If you want to go on a Forever 35 retreat, let's yeah. do that, everybody. Okay. okay. Big plans uh, for after this uh, big, trying time. Big plans. Big plans. Yep. Oh, all right. Well, should we take a little break? And then when we come back, we'll be talking to Zan Romanoff, the author of wonderful YA books and just an all around great human. Yeah, I have gushed about Zan's books on this podcast, I'm pretty sure. So very excited to talk to them. Same. Uh, yeah. All we'll right. Be right we'll back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
and they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. Our guest today is Zan Romanoff. Welcome, Zan. Thank you. This is a thrill. Um, I Yay. am a longtime listener of Forever 35, so I'm very excited. Aww. Well, we're going to read your bio and then we are going to get into it. So Zan is the author of the novels A Song to Take the World Apart, Grace and the Fever, and Look, which came out from Dial Books for Young Readers on March 31st. Zan is a full-time freelance writer. Her essays and journalism have appeared in BuzzFeed, The Cut, GQ, the Los Angeles Times, and the Washington Post, among other outlets, and she lives and writes in LA. That's it. That's me. Zan. Yes, that is you. (laughs) We have so much to talk about. (laughs) Um, You are what I would describe as one of the premier chroniclers of adolescent girls in fiction. I don't know about premiere, <laughs> but I am You're certainly up there. 
I'm an avid chronicler of adolescent girls in fiction. Um, that is definitely uh, something I spend a lot of my time doing. So how are you, how are you so good at writing about teens? Uh, I mean, I hope that I'm good at writing about teens. Um, and I think sadly, part of the answer to that might be uh, that in my heart, I am still a teenage girl. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, um, no, I think, um, you know, when I started writing fiction, seriously, I was in my sort of like mid 20s. And mm-hmm. I just felt like I don't, I didn't understand anything else well enough to write about it. You know, I was like, okay, I was a teenager. I survived that experience. I, you know, have some thoughts about it. Like maybe I can kind of like process this and do something with it. Um, mm. And I feel like, you know, I'm, yeah, it's such a formative time. Like I'm still just kind of like working out what all went on. Um And it's interesting. This is something I talk to people a lot about um, is that my books or especially my uh, Grace and the Fever and Look are a lot, a lot about technology. Um, and it's like, oh, you know, how did you, how do you think about social media, um, which didn't exist when I was a teen? Like, you know. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it, there's certain parts of the adolescent experience that are kind of eternal, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think what I'm always doing is like trying to look at what I remember and what still feels urgent to me from those years of my life and trying to find something to tie it into that's happening now. Um, you know, and hopefully that way creating something that will resonate both with, you know, people who are currently teenagers and people who were formerly teenagers, which is to say everyone. Right. Zan, <laughs> this is kind of a convoluted question, but great. <laughs> stick Stick with me here. Do you remember what you did, if anything, as a teenager for self-care practices? And have those stayed consistent now that you're an adult? You know, it's funny. Um, I actually do have like one of the major self-care practices of my life um, is that I started doing yoga when I was 16. Um, I It was offered as PE at the fancy private school that I went to, (laughs) very Los Angeles. And, uh, I, so, you know, I was, I was not an athletic kid, so I was like, amazing. This sounds very low impact. Um, but I fell in love with it and like it really, it changed my life. It changed my relationship to my body, um, changed like the way that I understood myself as a person. Um, and so, yeah, so I started doing yoga seriously, you know, regularly when I was 16 and, and I did a class this morning, um, live stream from my, <laughs> yoga studio because that's where we're at right now um so that's been something that's been really amazing and really consistent for me but uh i would say definitely i have learned a ton about self-care in the interim um you know i was not great at uh taking care of myself when i was a teenager like so many of us i think yeah it's interesting i i, I don't know why i'm not sure we've talked about this much on the show and just thinking about your books specifically. Um, about these teenagers, it just led me to wonder, like, what are the practices that we put into place when we're younger? And do they linger? Or do we just abandon them? I think especially because Grace and the Fever is about fandom uh, as a teen. But like, I find fandom very self-care-ish as an adult as well. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's true. I mean, I think, like, it's interesting. Yeah, because I certainly see the seeds of like, my life now in my life as an adolescent. Yeah. That I was like, you know, very interested in fandom. Um, 
And now, you know, I'm writing fan fiction and like now I write novels and I write nonfiction about celebrities. So <laughs> like, there you go. Um, and, uh, you know, the yoga thing, but there was something else that I was just thinking about. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, like, you know, reading, um, you know, is still like such a huge thing for me. All these things, um, that I sort of was gathering, I feel like when I was a teenager, but I didn't understand how to put them together yet. And I think in part it's because I didn't have the framework of self care, which I know, like, you know, as you guys have discussed, has become sort of a, um, you know, people are have taken issue with the term and whatever, but like, I wish that, um, when I was a teenager, someone had said to me, like, you need to spend time figuring out how to take care of yourself. That is actually not a given and it's hard. Mm-hmm. And like, it will make your life a lot better if you can work that out. Um, so I think the biggest change for me probably, um, was going to therapy as an adult, um, and starting to understand, like, you know, I have a, a lovely brain, but it's a little tricky to manage. And, um, you know, unless, I started consciously taking care of myself, I was going to spend a lot more of my life unhappy than I wanted to. You've written a lot about your mental health struggles. And I'm wondering, first of all, how you, how you kind of came to find the right meds for you. Cause I, I feel like you've written about how that was a struggle for you. And then I'm also wondering like, how is it going in isolation? Yeah, man. (laughs) I'm all right. I will say I have two roommates um, and they can probably hear me recording this. (laughs) And uh, I am totally grateful for their existence. I mean, they're good dudes, but also like just generally having other creatures in the house is like so important for me. I would be losing my mind otherwise. Um, Yeah. So it's interesting. It's funny, like, because it's true that I've written a lot about mental health and I both think it's really important to talk about. And I also sometimes feel bad because I'm like, you know, I'm like a white girl with an anxiety disorder. It's not like, um, it's not, it shouldn't be boundary breaking for me to talk about this. Um, you know, cause in many ways I'm super lucky, but, um, and, and I, I particularly, I will say lucky that, um, my parents were very open with me about like, you know, going to therapy is fine. Like needing help is okay. Um, when I was a kid, I did a little bit of therapy when I was younger. Um, none of it ever really stuck. I, I just like wasn't ready for it yet. Um, like I didn't want it, so it didn't take. Um, and then in my mid late twenties, my early twenties, when I was twenty two, I graduated from college into the two thousand and nine recession and had just got my heart destroyed and and like was super depressed. Um, and that was the first time that I, on my own, was like, I want to go to therapy. I don't feel well. I'm tired of feeling this shitty. Mm. Um, and so I did that and then moved and stopped and whatever. And then um, I guess five years ago now um, was in a place, just whatever, you know, life kind of piled up on me and, and I just, my anxiety got really unmanageable. Um, so I went back to therapy and that was when I started thinking seriously about medication, which is something I had a conversation I'd had with my first therapist. She was sort of like, I really think you do better on meds. And I was like, I'm tough. (laughs) I'm too tough. (laughs) 
for that nonsense. Yeah. <sighs> um, and and the second therapist was like, I really think you'll do better on meds. And I was like, nah, I, you know, again, I was sort of like, I'm too tough. I don't need it. I don't want to find out what happens. You know, what if, what if, what if? Um, and then it just got to a point where it, it just, I was unmanageably ill. Um, I like basically couldn't leave the house because I was having panic attacks all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, but you know, that was my own stubbornness. Like I had all the resources <laughs> being offered to me. Um, and so that was the point at which I was like, okay, fine. Um, and I actually, I got, that got lucky again that they, my therapist put me on Lexapro. Um, and that took pretty mm. easily. Um, and has had pretty minimal side effects and, and, you know, um, has just been like a miracle drug for me personally. Like I, this is something I think about a lot. Um, and I think Dory, you and I have talked about this, that like, there's this sort of, cultural conversation around medication as if it's like numbing and it's a choice taking it as a choice not to feel anything and like i wake up literally every day like i've been taking these meds for jesus christ four years now um every single day i wake up and i like take my you know little pill and i'm like man i love this (laughs) like i'm like i i want to feel better and like i'm choosing to feel better today like that rules that's it's such an interesting statement because I, I take uh, Prozac and I think I've maybe taken it for like two years now. And I had the same, the same thought that that same kind of messaging of like, Oh, it's going to numb who I am. And instead it, it, I feel like it opened up parts of myself that I wasn't able to access. If that makes yeah. any sense. No, totally. It's, There's like, it's yeah. overwhelmingly positive. And um, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't I think it can be numbing for some people but certainly not everyone and I think you know it's important to share a different perspective. Yeah, I yeah, I just um you know, there's all kinds of different drugs yeah and they affect different people differently. Um but for me it was like yeah, I mean I couldn't leave the house like I was, you know, just crying and shaking like all the time like what you know, um I was feeling way too much and now I feel things um and i'm not afraid to do things and that's just you know it's the best thing i loved um grace and the fever so much that i sent you a cold email to talk about (laughs) to talk about how much i liked it which i do not do very often and you were very kind in receiving it so um i was thrilled thank you for that Dory had actually, Dory had been the one to recommend it. She's like, you I was just going to say, you need I to think, read this. I think I need to take credit for this. Yes, I, Dory, I basically yes. like pressed the book into her hands <laughs> and was like, this book was basically written for you. So <laughs> please read it. And then I read it and then I was like, oh my God, I got to email this writer. <laughs> um, but you know, I, it, it really meant a lot to me because it was about a, a fandom frequented predominantly by young women. And I would love to know your thoughts on the way that fandoms um, populated by girls specifically mm-hmm. and women are belittled in our culture. And if you see any change in that or any way forward in that, because that is one of the most frustrating things that I experience personally is, um, is is the way f- f- female fans are treated. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Um, 
And speaking of God, me being a teenager, like, you know, I definitely, when I was a teenager, was one of those girls who was like, I'm not like other girls. Other girls like yell and scream and they're so into boys and like, I'm too smart for that. And it makes me so sad now. I'm like, man, I wasted so much time trying to be cool, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. never, never worked. One could have worked. I'm not cool. Like, it's great. I have a lot more fun this way. Um, you know, yeah, I think um, the way that we talk about, especially young female fans, is as if they're hysterical and like possessed, um, which is just insulting. Um, and, you know, this is a comparison that gets made all the time, but it's interesting. So I, uh, a couple of years ago, like had had a childhood interest in baseball and I revived it a couple of years ago. And so now like I'm a I'm a sports fan, which I've never been before in my life. And it's super fascinating to me that like when I have conversations at parties now and I'll be talking about like one of my favorite Dodgers and like, you know, reciting baseball stats and talking about, you know, oh, he did this or whatever, like both men and women, but specifically men are like so excited. Like, oh my God, I love talking baseball with you. Like, this is so wonderful. You know so much. And I'm like, man, I have told, if I told you the exact same, like, you know, number of things about Harry Styles, the response would have been, wow, you're like really into that. Weird. (laughs) Um, And it's just, it's so frustrating, man. Um, For so many reasons. I just like, I hate, I hate whenever, I hate whenever anyone shits on anyone else's enthusiasm. Like that's just, um, the world is so hard. If someone has found something they love, like what is wrong with you? And then especially the way that we silence young women's enthusiasm and also young women's desire. I think that's been such a big revelation for me is like um, this kind of urge to pathologize fangirls and be like, Oh, well Mm -hmm. they only, you know, are into boy bands because they represent this specific form of masculinity. And, you know, they're being duped by this commercial. It's like, first of all, these girls are a hundred million times smarter and more thoughtful about what they're interested in than you, like from 30,000 feet are probably able to observe, but also like, they just want stuff, you know, like they just, they like see hot guys and they're like, yeah, I want that. Like, that's not, you don't need to pathologize it. You don't need to explain it. Girls just want things the same way everyone else wants things. Um, but I will say all of that, you know, sort of ranting aside, like, I do think it's getting better. Um, you know, fangirls are rising to places of prominence um, in the professional world. And, like, it kind of sucks that, like, people have to be able to do this professionally to get taken seriously. You know, it's okay to just have a hobby. But on the other hand, like, you know, I am one author, but I know tons more who talk very openly about being like, yeah, writing fan fiction um, taught me how to write and like helped me, you know, become a published novelist. Um, Mm. You know, I mean, Halsey, uh, right? Like there's like videos of Halsey covering Taylor Swift when she was younger. Um, You know, like I think there's just more room in the conversation for women in general. and part of that conversation is being the space is being made around fandom, which I'm really excited about. Um, so I'm very hopeful. And I think I see younger girls being much more open with that kind of thing than I was. Um, Cause they're, and they're also just, they're more aware of it, you know, like, again, I just didn't have, there's so much language I didn't have around desire and feminism and, you know, all these things that I see 
them being given these tools to express themselves and to understand, you know, why they're being silenced. So I'm, I'm hopeful, I think. <laughs> I am hopeful. I have to be. Yeah, I mean, they, like, even just having Tumblr as a teen, I think, would have been so meaningful to me. Yeah. Yeah, I had Live Journal, which was very different. <laughs> oh. Yes. And, yes. Um, well, I want to talk about your new book, Look, which at, at its center has a queer romance. Um, and I'd love to know kind of why you why you chose to have a queer romance be the center of your new book and what that means for you. Yeah, totally. Um, so the thing I should say straight off is that I am straight or I, you know, so far in my life have identified that way. Um, and so it was, it was a real decision. Um, and it came in part actually from my first two books, um, both of which have subplots like queer subplots, um, and particularly in Grace and the Fever, uh, the main character is sort of obsessed with a conspiracy theory that two members of her favorite boy band are dating each other. <clears throat> Sorry. And uh, so I felt like just sort of looking at those two books, I was like, okay, you know, if I'm going to write a third book, I want to write something kind of new and different. Um, I want to challenge myself you know, here's clearly a subject that I'm really interested in, but have been kind of pushing off to the sidelines. So how can I like bring that to the forefront? You know, can I make that the focus of a book? Um, so there was that aspect to it. Um, you know, certainly I have a lot of queer female friends and particularly bisexual female friends. Um, and I talked to them a lot about the lack of representation of, of queer girls and bi girls in literature of all kinds, but especially YA literature. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, coming into it, it was kind of like, I was like, oh, this is an interesting craft challenge. You know, like, can I push myself creatively? And then, of course, you know, you get to the point where you're like, oh, other human beings are going to read this book and I need to be responsible to them. Like, I would not want any of those, you know, friends who, you know, have shared so much of their lives with me. Like, I, I don't want them to feel misrepresented. I don't want them to feel like I didn't listen to them. You know, I don't want them to feel like I was sort of like, oh, well, I have queer friends. So like, I know everything about the bisexual experience. Um, so, you know, there was then this real emotional challenge and, and, and writerly challenge also of um, figuring out kind of how to, how best to deal with that. Um so I had a bunch of those friends read the book. Um, my publisher actually paid a couple of them like to do it professionally, which I really love because they were like ending, you know, they're lending me their expertise. Um, yeah. And then they didn't have the budget for as many as I wanted. So some friends did it as a favor and I took them for drinks. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, because I was just like, I was like, I have all these resources. Like, why not get multiple opinions? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and and they gave me really good notes. There was, you know, there was definitely stuff in there that I just like had, you just wouldn't have thought of or had slightly misunderstood or, or you know, had said something in a way that they were like, eh, I wouldn't say it that way. Um, so, you know, it was, a, I, I don't know, I had a great experience with it. So far. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there's always the possibility that someone's going to read it and be like, wow, you messed up. Um, and that would suck. And I hope it doesn't happen. 
but you know, you can't like, you just simply cannot please everyone. So the thing for me was kind of like the people in my life who I'm like really responsible to, you know, my friends, like I owe them something. Mm -hmm. I owe them, I owe it to them to get this right. And I was like, as long as they're okay with it, like that's the thing that matters most to me. Yeah. It seems like you went about it in such a thoughtful way. And you know, you see other authors who are writing about communities that they are not a part of, just sort of thinking, having this privileged point of view that they know they kind of are omniscient and know everything they need to know about these communities before they write about them. And I, I really like that you were like, I need to know what I don't know, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just think, you know, I mean, A, I feel like any good writer wants to be at I mean, getting edited sucks, but it's also necessary. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I've just seen so much, like so often I turn in a draft that I'm like, that was really good. And then my editor comes back to me and we work on it. And I'm like, yep, this is way better now. Um, you just need someone else, you know, for any, anything you write to look at the draft. And then even, you know, beyond that, like, if you're, you know, you're writing about something you haven't experienced and people who have experienced it are going to read the book like yeah. it's just embarrassing. <laughs> like, why would you not try to get that right? Totally. Um, but yeah, I also, you know, will say that as someone who's read a lot of books in which I felt wildly misrepresented, um, you know, as a demographic, I was like, I don't want to do that to anyone else. Mm. I don't want to switch gears in like a wild way here, but <laughs> you have you have written about the Kardashians quite a bit. I would yeah. say you are you're very very knowledgeable in the world of um, Karda- of of Dash. <laughs> oh God, uh, I am uh, I am a Kardashian expert. I, I think it is fair to say this about myself. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I I mean I think yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I, I I mean I think they're fascinating because one they have lasted I think longer than any of us gave them credit like for their potential and two something about consuming the kardashians is like an it's like a national way of self-soothing in a lot of ways Mm. um slash like dory and i recently discussed how we both want to learn how to contour our faces so like their influence (laughs) and beauty and culture is i mean it's possibly appropriated you know but i but i'm I'm curious yeah. kind of what you think uh, of their reign and the way we participate in Kardashian culture. Yeah. I mean, so first of all, I will say I don't think of it as being such a gear change because, you know, a lot of the, in- the inspiration for look came from the time that I spent watching Kylie Jenner on Snapchat, right? And being like, man, it must be crazy to be like a young woman who's being told, you know, sort of ambiently by the culture all the time, like, the best, most exciting thing you can do is A, be hot, and B, take pictures of your hot body. Um, yes, wait, because not to interrupt you, but can you give us yeah. a, a brief synopsis of what Look is about so our listeners oh, um, yeah. are there? <laughs> yes, 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 I can do it. Um, I have my elevator pitch ready to go. Um, so, <laughs> so Look is about a girl named Lulu, who is sort of low-key, um, like locally famous, I would say, on an app called Flash. Um and uh, in part because she's just like a cute, you know, L.A. private school girl, um, but in part because she's dating the son of a rock star. 
But so when she accidentally posts a video of herself cheating on that boyfriend with a girl to her flash, she both uh, ruins the relationship and also accidentally outs herself as being bisexual, which she wasn't previously out. Um, and so this, you know, beautiful sort of appealing life that she has been putting out there for everyone to see and everyone's been kind of eating up with a spoon crumbles around her. And she's sort of wondering, okay, you know, what parts of that were good for me? And, and do I want to, you know, try and get back again? And what parts of that life maybe actually weren't so great? And can I leave behind and figure out a new way? Um, yeah, so it's very much about social media and about, you know, self-promotion and but a bit about the interior experience right of like being a conscious human being who you know is and especially being really young and being told kind of like here's the best way to live your life here's you know what everyone wants and you can act like you have it um you know and getting to a place where you're like i don't i think i think those people might be wrong <laughs> um mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the Kardashians are so interesting to me. I mean, that really, like that happened kind of by accident. Um, I was watching there, I was following them all on Snapchat and and doing kind of what I did not know then was very preliminary novel research. Um, and I, you know, wrote a piece about it. I wrote a, Kylie Jenner was opening the first like Kylie Cosmetics pop up at a mall in LA. And I was like, well, I want to go. So I got one of my editors to pay me to go write about it. That was fun. And then another editor reached out to me and was like, well, I want you to write about the Kardashians and plastic surgery. I was like, okay, that seems interesting. And I did that. And then another editor was like, I want you to write about their beauty empire. And I, the thing that's been so fascinating to me about this, I got to say, is that. I feel like the conversation around them is just consistent disdain, right? Almost everyone's like, ugh, they're dumb. You know, ugh, they're vapid, ugh, you know, materialistic. And don't get me wrong, I disagree with a lot of the things they do. I don't think that they're heroes or feminist icons. But I, like, I, I did not intend to become a Kardashian expert, and I just kept getting pulled back into it because there was this hunger, I think, to like have someone take them a little bit seriously, you know, they're so omnipresent in the culture. And I think the conversation around them tends to sort of be reduced to either like hashtag girl boss. Yes. Or like they're dumb and I hate them. And, you know, there's, there's a real desire, I think for something in between, which is like, why is this so fascinating? Why? I mean, how in God's name have these women been that famous for this long? It's insane. Like, they really, I mean, they're a dynasty. They're legitimately an American dynasty at this point. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm, um, my favorite thing as a writer is to try and, like, is to look at the things that are kind of only designed to make you feel something, right? And in the case of the Kardashians, it's, like, desire for their bodies, desire for their houses, sort of, like, lulled comfort at the monochrome, like, predictable you know, soap drama of it all and be like, okay, this is supposed to like sort of short circuit and just like provide an emotional response. But like, how is that working? You know, what is it about this thing that works so well? Um, And I have a lot of hypotheses, but no answers, I should say. (laughs) I wanted to ask you about your boxing gym. (sighs) Oh, This is so sad to me. Like, 
when I first emailed you guys about being on the podcast, I was like, I know you've had a lot of YA writers and like we could talk about boxing. And now I haven't boxed in several months and may never again. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I will box again. That's not it's. Yeah, there's well, no. Reason. Yeah. Before you had to stop boxing, <laughs> tell us about your boxing gym and, and what it's how it's changed you. Yeah, man. Um, so I think listeners perhaps can gather from like all the things I've said so far that I am a very unlikely person to end up in a boxing gym. Um, you know, my interests are like books and celebrities and um, <laughs> sitting still and reading. Uh, but Maureen Gu, a friend of Forever 35. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Uh, like four years ago, I guess four years ago, because it was right after the election, was like, I want to put together um, a self-defense class for some women that we know. And, and we'll do it at this boxing gym because she knew the guy who she knows the guy who runs it. Um, and we were like, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't know her that well at that point. I was kind of like, okay, like, good to do self-defense. Good to like make a professional connection. Um, and then we just all fell in love with it. Like boxing is one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. Um, it's very hard, first of all, because you have to coordinate your whole body. Like your foot has to move at the same time as your hip, as your like chest, as your arm. So you just have to concentrate really hard while you're doing it. But it's also so unlike any other physical activity I'd ever done, you know, which like in yoga is a lot about like concentration and alignment and gentleness, which I love and is so important. But um, it was just like revelatory to have someone be like, just hit the bag as hard as you can for three minutes and then like take a break and then do it again. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I started sparring, which is um, – when you stop, I mean, instead of hitting bags, you hit an actual person. Uh, and it's just, it's been like a wild experience. Um, so many things that I never in a hundred million years thought that I would end up doing. But it's really asked me, I think, to be in touch with my own competitiveness, um, which is something that I've been trying to tamp down <laughs> since I was a small girl. Um, and, and aggressiveness and sort of like, what does it mean to be aggressive? What does it mean to be violent? Um, you know. Because, you know, like the women I spar with, I know them, I love them, I respect them. Like, I do not want to hurt them. But also, <laughs> I don't want to let them. <laughs> but I don't, you know, but I want to win. <laughs> um, and also, and I guess there's a certain, like, this is something I, I was trying to write about sort of before everything went to shit, and maybe will eventually, but is the things you learn about consent in a boxing ring. Um, because to a certain extent we say to each other, like, listen, you know, I, I, neither of us wants to have a broken bone. We don't want a concussion. You know, we don't want any lasting damage, but like, you're allowed to hit me. Um, yeah, you're allowed to hit me kind of hard. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's real. Um, that's real trust to give someone and, um, and it's real trust to have someone give you to be like, okay, I trust that like, you're going to hit me and you're not going to but you're not going to hit me too hard. You know, you're going to hit me, but you're not going to sucker punch me. You're not going to take advantage of me. And like, that is just such an intense experience. Um, and I feel like I've, I, yeah, I just, um, I'm still, I'm still sorting through like what I've learned from it and what I want to take from it. Um, but it's, it's wild. And I think, I don't know. I feel like I, um, 
like many women spent a lot of my early life pretending I didn't have a body, just being like, oh, I can't, it's too stressful. I can't think about it. And then at a certain point, I was like, okay, I have a body, but I got to keep it under control. You know, I got to do all this exercise and I got to like eat these certain things. And now that I'm a little bit older, and I think also definitely now that I'm more mentally stable, <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, what can I explore with my body? You know, what kinds of, can I test some limits now? Like, yeah, Kate, when you're talking about like being more open to the world, I'm like, okay, like I can try this thing that's really hard and kind of scary and not always comfortable because I trust that I can sort of come to the edge of my limits and be like, okay, that's a limit. I'm going to come back now. Mm. Test your limits. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's not for everyone for sure. I definitely, we've had some, some of the women have started sparring and been like, you know what? Not for me. I don't like getting hit. Not going to, or I don't like hitting people and I'm not going to do it. And I totally respect that. You know, it's, it's for sure not for everyone, but for me, it's been, I'm like, man, there's so much stuff in here that I didn't know was here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Trying to lure you guys to to the gym. Is it working? People have tried. I'm terrified. I don't know if it's for me, but I do understand the experience. And this has kind of hit me recently of using my body in a physical way for some, for an intention that is not weight loss. Like I've only, I feel like I've only ever pushed my body in most situations because I was trying to fit it into some sort of shape. And recently I've been exercising really intensely, but it's more been like fully for just my well-being and my and making like physical improvement, like like learning how to get stronger. And that's been it's been so weird to do it not trying to whittle myself down. I I I don't know how else to describe it. I'm still trying to figure it out. But it's been really interesting. Um and I kind of hear, like, I can relate to a lot of what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, yeah, just like focusing on your body's function, A, how it feels and B, how it functions instead of how it looks. Like, yeah, continues to be a revelation to me every time. Like, you know, like I, I um, started lifting, like, you know, like doing like serious barbell lifting a couple of months ago. And it was wild to be like, okay, I'm like intentionally going to put on a good amount of muscle, you know, I'm I'm gonna get bigger. But you know, but I felt so good doing it. And like, um, yeah, I miss it. <laughs> I had like, morning lifting with some girlfriends. And we would like, you know, do like a little 7am gossip. And it was great. And pump I some iron. That. And yeah, <laughs> pump some I, iron. I hope you get it back. Oh, we will. I mean, you know, the world is it's gonna it's changing but i have to believe that eventually i'll be able to pump iron again (laughs) (laughs) um well this this feels like a good spot to end on dory do we have any have any other questions or think we should wrap it up i think we're good i mean i could talk zan i could talk to you for hours i know that's how i feel yeah i hope when all this is over we can hang out irl again Yes. Oh my God. That's the true dream. <laughs> yeah. I want to see your faces. I want to see Henry's little face. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah. Can't wait for human contact. But in the meantime, this has been wonderful. Well, Zan, where can people find you? And oh, please plug your newsletter, by the way. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, so good. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, so I am at Zanopticon. Uh, 
on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and I have a website, zanromanoff.com, Z-A-N-R-O-M-A-N-O-F-F as in Frank. Um, and I also have a tiny letter, um, tinyletter.com slash Xanopticon, um, that I send out probably every other week. Um, and it's usually has links to any writing that I've been doing or, or now that I'm doing book publicity, you know, interviews. Um, but I also try and write like a little something to accompany it. Um, like I said, I grew up on LiveJournal and did have a Tumblr for a while. So it's sort of where I do my blogging now, <laughs> just whatever's going on with me. Um, yeah, it's delightful. Thank you. I enjoy doing it. It's good for me to sit down and be like, what do I feel like? <laughs> what yeah. is going on? Well, thank you so much, Dan. And I just want to encourage our listeners to buy your new book, your older books, buy all of Dan's books. Please do. Um, thank you. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right. Dory. Yes, Kate. Should we, should we take that uh, highway to the intention zone? <laughs> yep. Get on that should. highway? How has no one written us that jingle yet? I mean, because people are busy. We're in a pandemic. I don't blame anybody. Whatever. <laughs> Listen, when Dory wants a jingle, Dory <laughs> gets a jingle. Um, so, Kate, you know, last week I was talking about how I was getting a large shelving unit for my office delivered. 
Oh, yes. From Ikea. And my intention was to put it together and to put stuff away in it so my office finally feels usable. So it got delivered on Tuesday. It sat in our driveway for like four or five days. And then on Saturday or Friday, I brought in a couple of the boxes and opened them. And that, and because Matt was going to put it together. And then he was like, oh God, I better, I better work on it. So he put it together on Saturday. It took him six hours, but it's done. It looks amazing. Like it is exactly what I wanted, which I feel like never happens, especially with Ikea stuff. Will you share the exact cabinets that you got with us? Yes, I will. It is from the Havsta line. It looks beautiful in the picture that you sent to me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it kind of mimics like what a built-in would look like, but it's not a built-in. And it's modular, so you can sort of, you can like design the the arrangement that you want. So I am really into it. I've already put a bunch of books away in it. I have, there's a cabinet. I've put stuff in the cabinet. So things are happening in my office That's exciting, Dory. That must feel good to get settled in. It feels really good. Um, And then my intention this week is to just make the cream puffs that I learned about in the online baking class. I want cream puffs so badly after discussing this. All I can think about is a cream puff. You've got to make these. Should I do a a porch drop-off for you? Oh, that that was not what I was getting at. (laughs) But I will happily take any rejected cream puffs. (sighs) But I think this is a really fun... I'm so glad you had such a positive experience in the class. And this just feels like a nice way to kind of like learn something new. Yeah. Cook and make something delicious. Yeah. Great. Thank you. What about you? Well, I have a question for you. Am I allowed to redo an intention? Sure. Because I don't think I've ever we've Kate, ever you done know what? that before. What we make the rules. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I guess this is our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> whose who's permission am I asking for? I guess my own. Okay, I did none of my intentions last week, and I set two for myself. And one, I wanted to take class with my favorite yoga teacher in New York City, and the other was that I was going to schedule therapy. Well. I failed on both fronts. One, I couldn't make yoga work with my schedule. It's just too hard to do anything during the day because I'm kind of, if I'm not working, I'm helping my kids with school or like we're walking, going, walking the dog or just we're doing something. So unfortunately, there's no way for me to do any sort of like live class during the day. So, you know, it happens. The second one, though, I did not schedule therapy. So that's my that's my reintention for this week is that I really want to schedule a therapy session with my therapist. I think it would be beneficial for me. Yeah. I'm sure my therapist misses me so much during this time. And, you know, really I'm doing it for them. They want to see me. Um, I kid. But I want to see my therapist. So I got to I gotta schedule therapy. That's my double intention. Great. I'm into this for you. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, well, it's been a fun one. It truly has. Um, we will talk to you all soon and we got to do our little credits. Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dory Freer, and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio and Sam Reed is our project manager. And don't forget our many sign-offs. Butt yes. masks, butt masks forever. No, butt Wait, masks no. never <laughs> 35 forever. 
Bye. Bye. <laughs> Those are the two that we're working with right now. Yeah. Let us know how that went. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>